This is a Baby Brunch podcast. You need to get a protocol to follow, an emergency protocol for a child that goes missing. Because parents say, oh, but I don't have to wait 24 hours. No, you don't wait five seconds. 24 hours is Hollywood movies. In reality, in, in life, you don't wait five seconds. You can report that missing, the child missing immediately. This podcast is supported by Epimax Baby and Junior. The range of Epimax Baby and Junior gentle all-purpose emollient moisturizers is an all-day, everyday favorite for babies and children. Give your child a good start to every day by nourishing and protecting their skin with Epimax. After decades in the world, I have come to see that there is only absolute truth and our perspective on it. What are you tweeting? What are you Xing about? Hmm? Yeah, Xing. It's Xing now, isn't it? Um, I should have known you'd go and do something like that, hey? No, I, I saw it this morning and I was like, Nico is, you know, every year when I see you, you grow a layer of wisdom. And I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud of you because, does it, does it come with age? It should. It's the natural course of of the the the, you know, the human mind should evolve closer and closer to what I say in that tweet to to absolute truth. I mean, that's essentially for me our purpose is to discover that and and move as 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 ever closer to that as we can. And someone asked me this morning, who am I chatting to? I said, Survivor, Survivor. And they went, ah, the pretty guy. Ah. When yeah. you describe your Only work to people, light. What, do you, what do you say to them? What do you say you do? I say I am uh, in the entertainment industry in South Africa, which means I hustle every day. Mm. And I think you know exactly what I'm talking about, Ella. That's why you and I have like 57 jobs because yeah. – Unfortunately, no one thing covers it all for us. If I was the host of Survivor um, US, I'd be uh, I'd be on holiday right now, somewhere on an island, <laughs> not telling people to jump over things and and starving them. But the reality is, uh, we're forced to to delve into many other things in this business, which I think is a good thing, you know. Because essentially it forces us to broaden our horizons rather than plateau, I think, maybe in, in just one area. So usually when I haven't seen someone uh, in a long while, I do this thing where I ask them to, do, to, to, to name a few things of how people in their families uh, are doing. So um, how's your family? How's your wife and children? They're good. They're good. My girls are... Uh, st- standing on the edge of tweenism, um, so they tween tween pill, um, and they are. I can see them switching on. I can see them uh, starting to question the things that they've been taught. Not not because they don't trust them, but because they're developing their own perspective on the truth, and. I, I, I said to my daughter, my eldest last night, I said to her, man, I, uh, I just, I, I pray and I hope that I have done good by you as a father, that I've given you as much as I possibly can to equip you 
to now embark on your own search for absolute truth because um, this world is so full of lies all over the place, not just, you know, um, from people, but culture and from a collective lie of, 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 of what really goes on out there that um, I think we all have an urgency deep within us to, to discover the truth. And there is only an absolute truth. You know, people say your truth, you live your truth, you know, it's, it's, it's whatever you make of it. But I mean, uh, that can't be true. Everything can't be true. There must be an absolute truth of which we all, or from which we all measure our current status or where we're at. Um, there has to be an absolute. And then I feel that the, the purpose is to get as close to that as possible. And for me, closer and closer you get the more peace you experience because we all essentially that's what we're looking for purity truth organic natural as close to the perfection as possible you know and uh, and that's in everything you know and, and so i'm trying to impart that to my children but it's any parent will tell you it's so scary and, and difficult and and one constantly has the burden of have i have i done enough mm. and so my, to answer your earlier question, my kids are very well. They're um, they're budding, and they're beautiful humans. And I'm I'm proud of the young woman that they are becoming. And I'm I, I'm 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 so excited for them moving into this into the stage of their lives. You know, because it's an exciting time. The world has gone crazy, and there's so so much out there, so much information out there, social media and mm. culture, and just a an overabundance of information. So it's very confusing. So what I'm trying to teach them, and I won't know un until, you know, a decade has passed from this point, is the discernment to tell the difference between lies and truth. Mm, good and bad. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think we have a, I think I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. I, I believe there's a, I have a philosophy that there's a way to tell the truth. Um, so if you talk to someone, that's why I love discourse so much. That's why I love talking to people so much. People who have a completely different worldview and different religion, culture, whatever, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. I love that because during discourse, um, we listen to one another with our minds and we, we process what we are hearing. And, and then, uh, you know, the, the, the information goes in and it gets transformed depending on our worldview and the way we see things and the way we think about things. Um, so, so, and that could be skewed, you know, so, and, and then it, it gets processed in your brain in a certain way and you might be on the same page or completely differing pages. Whether or not it's the truth, your mind might reject truth because it, it thinks that it's a lie because of its conditioning. But your soul always knows what the truth is. And so if you talk to someone and they tell you the truth when we're talking about a subject or a thing or a philosophy – uh, your your mind might reject it or struggle with it, but your soul always knows. And mm -hmm. so I always say, go into conversations with an open soul, and and then and, and a, don't depend only on your mind because your mind might mess it up. I, I certainly don't trust my mind implicitly uh, in terms of its ability to discern instantly, but I do trust my soul over the long term to process and to tell me what's true and what's not. And then I guess you have to end with saying. Well, then you have to learn to listen to your soul, right? And I guess that's the ultimate uh, challenge. Listen to your soul and you'll know the truth or you'll get closer to it. Does that make sense at all? You've always had really long answers, but yes, it makes sense. It's I'll, beautiful. I'll cut them short the from here on out. No, the way you describe your, your, your parenting and 
you know, just seeing you grow as a parent. And I remember when they, they were not a born, I remember when they arrived. So this is, it's nice to hear an update in like that. I don't need to know more, you know, I'm not curious. I'm just happy. I'm happy for you. Uh, raising girls is special. You know, I, I'm living my best life, Nico. Thank you, Lord. I am living my best life raising my girls. <gasps> I just got a picture of Esther and her teacher is so wonderful, you know. <clears throat> and the week she, you know, she's at that age where girls are starting to become very conscious about how they look. And it's funny, my girls are quite nerdy and very innocent. So they don't really care. They do gymnastics because they love it and they eat because it's tasty. And they, you know, and there was an incident where a little girl called her fat, overweight, you know. So it, it created a great opportunity for me to learn. And I spoke to God and I read books and I went online and became frantic and became angry and all the other emotions that you can think of. And eventually I roped in the teacher's help because I thought this is another, it's a way for me to, to discern. It's another, it's another voice to hear, right? To give you an idea of what happened today, it feels resolved. And I just got a little picture of my baby smiling because she had a good day at school. And just that moment, money can't buy that. Eh? Money cannot buy the happiness that I see my girls feel when they just feel secure and when they feel like we just love them. We just love them. So when you ask me how my kids are, I will always say thriving. They are not just living, they are thriving. I accept them fully, you know. Actually, all that for me and say, if your children are naughty or you think they're naughty, it's your fault. It's your fault because you need to, we've got work to do, you know, we've got work to do. How's your money? How's your money? So I, I ask people those five questions. So how's your how's your family? How's your money? Are you okay for cash? <clears throat> I'm I'm good for cash. Uh, you know, I've I've had I've been unemployed for about two decades now. Mm. So in my business, you work from contract to contract, and you never know what when the next one will be. You know, people are always asking me, "When's the next season of Survivor? When's the next season? When's it coming out?" And mm. I say, "I don't know," um, <laughs> because I don't. And, uh, you know, because it's, uh, you know, so, uh, and, and obviously Survivor is only a, a fraction of what I do, uh, but, but it's, it's, it's one of the big um, things and, and it's, it's, um, it's season to season. So, uh, you know, there's an anticipation both, you know, from, from my perspective and then of course the audience that follows it. And so, um, so when we don't know when Survivor is coming, we also don't know if Survivor is coming. We always say um, when, not if. But 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 we have to plan as if we as if it may not come and so and so um, what I do is I you know you, you, in between you plant seeds so I'm I'm always writing a little bit or uh, you know uh, planning a another um, a production or um, conceptualizing things um, there's there's a there's a myriad of things one gets involved in that keeps the pots on the boil small mm. businesses that we try and get off the ground um you know that so i have small medium and long-term projects always going 
and 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 some and one or two of them is always you know giving off what it needs to to keep the wheels turning um it's disconcerting for sure but one ge- one learns to live with that expectation which in the beginning is is very daunting you're like oh my word i don't know when i'm going to work again uh, when you get when you've been in the, in the business for two decades you go oh my word i wonder when i'm going to work again and but you know it's coming and so you you live what's great about that is i live a lifestyle that's not above my means which i think is you know very uh, important it's integral to survival in the entertainment industry you don't buy things on extreme debt you don't i mean i i don't live in debt i don't have uh, um loads of assets but i i have no debt really and so that's mm. that's that's something to, there's something to be said for that but um i can imagine it's not a lifestyle for everyone because people want uh, long-term security but i've come to realize elana that there is no such thing as long-term security and that um you know life is now it's it's the philosophy i'm teaching my kids as well life is right now we we know what happened yesterday yeah. we can learn from that we have this moment you and i chatting now which is you know one could be considering what you have to do after this and and you could be thinking oh my word okay so i've got to go we've got to talk quick because i've got another uh, whatever might be going through your mind and um uh, and instead of 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 doing those things thinking about yesterday and wondering about what comes next to be just in this particular moment and go well this is what mm-hmm. we're doing now let's yeah. let's tap this moment for whatever it's worth that's just so hard to do I, I i was i was blessed to be on holiday recently in greece with my family i took them over to meet their their cousins and aunts and uncles and then we went to the islands for a bit which is very unusual during uh, this period of time uh for south africans to do with the rand being absolutely almost worthless when you go to europe but we decided to do it because life is now and we had an opportunity mm. to go so um we tried so desperately to hold on to every moment and to just go mm. okay we're in greece now we're walking on the sand we're sitting on the beach i've got a beer in my one hand uh we go <laughs> running every morning up in the mountains because we we stayed on these mm. mountainous islands naxos and, and paros and uh, and and my mates and I we love trail running so we would go running and my sister we'd go running every morning we'd go up into these beautiful greek mountainsides and run with the goats and through the you know the 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 grape um uh, vines and the and the olive trees olive orchards orchards and and um what i found was no matter how desperately you try to cling to to every moment it's impossible and so you got to make peace with the fact that you can't hold on to the moment because time is a moving thing isn't it it's a moving construct you you can't stop time mm-hmm. but you can bask in the moment and i'll tell you why that's important because and this is my wife's wisdom she says almost you almost only experience the true fullness of a moment when the moment is past and you have time to reflect on it so it's like taking a photograph with with our tech these days you take a pic and it's kind of a bland shot Then you go sit in the studio in your little app or whatever you have and you quickly mess around with the layers that that photo actually took. It it wasn't just that mm-hmm. gray pick. I mean if you play with the layers you can actually see oh my word look at the color look what the light actually looked like. You can zoom in on this and say oh I didn't even notice that mm-hmm. when I took the photograph because you're looking at it but it's it's already passed. And I think I think that's what we need to do is make make moments, make more moments and so um it's very important to live in the right now. It's interesting you say that because um I do this thing that I call radical lists. Uh I live a very intentional life so I'm I'm very present. Um and I believe that What does it mean very present? 
What does that mean, very present? I'm very present. It means that when I'm here with you right now, I don't care what my phone or the time says. The only thing I'm actually caring about is you and whether this recording is running. And that's I've a got skill. No clue. That's not, I've not got no clue do. of the time. I've got no clue. If I look up, I can see the time because my studio provides that. But at home with my babies or even when I'm with Ian, with my husband, I I am intentional. I believe that that moment is what is important. And I do this thing that's called radical lists. And my radical list will be something like, I want to read a book with my baby this week, you know. It won't be something, it will be something that's precious for me and my babies. Uh, it will be things like, I want to watch gymnastics if it's parents watching week. Or yesterday, all I wanted to do was my baby loves school. <laughs> she really loves school work. So yesterday we learned for, for spell test. <laughs> She learned for spell test. So she couldn't remember the word Saturday, how to spell it. So it's Saturday, right? Because it's the uh or the uh for umbrella, Saturday. Makes no sense at all. No. So then we were joking around with a word and every time I mispronounced it, that is what actually made her spell it right. But I mean, that was the funniest moment of my day, making fun of the word Saturday, you know? And if you're like me, you're from different backgrounds, you say Saturday, and then you just stuff up the spelling and pronunciation, okay? Like yeah. no one knows how yeah, to do yeah. it. Of but course. That, that's the highlight of it. And here's the other thing I wanted to say about you in moments before I go into the other two questions that I have for you. So my, my one mentor said to me, it takes effort to make a memory. It takes a lot of effort because we all want to, you know, oh, we're going to make a memory, we're going to make a memory, but... When you're in the memory, sometimes it's not that funny or you're not that present or it looks different. But when you look back at it, it looks completely different and you do appreciate it a lot more. And it's almost like sometimes we go, oh, remember that time? By the way, we were also in Greece. We don't, we don't have family there. We just have family in South Africa, in, in, Cape, in Belleville, Cape Town. You have um, family there now, I'm sure. The, the um, guy who's the restaurant you went to or whatever. They, where they, I broke uh, the plate. Yeah. But, Did you break um, the right plate, Silana? No, I broke the side plate that the bread was supposed to be on. And then he said to me, you're on holiday. Want to break another? And I went, Want to break another plate? <laughs> <laughs> Nico, I got you here because I'm very proud of you. I heard an interview on Jacaranda FM where I'm also sitting here right now. And... I have had sleepless nights because of the message that you brought to us as parents and as citizens of this country. And the reason I'm proud of you is because, you know, when we are born, we all have a responsibility as people, as humans, and then later on as parents to use our talent and our platform for good. And that morning I was sitting in my car and I had all kinds of feels. I felt like I wanted to change the world. I felt like I wanted to get onto the Nico Pinaggio bus and help people. I felt like I wanted to get out there and find children. And of all the things that you said in this 45-minute interview, which we can all find online or somewhere on Jacaranda FM, but you said that it is our responsibility to get involved. And I immediately thought, how do I get involved? How do I get involved? You know? 
I got involved in two ways. The first is to, to worry. The anxiety of a mother. Oh, goodness. You know, if you say the word missing children to me, I want to cry immediately. I want to rage. I want to, I want to do something. I want to help. I want to find out where my babies are. I want to, it makes us, did more consider. It gives, it gives you a shaking emotion that you think, what do I do and how will I find you? And they're not even missing. Okay. And then the other emotion that I had was, I was like, ah, I could interview you and just get two questions in and put it on my platform so that whoever didn't listen to Martin that morning will be able to see it somewhere else and then they will be able to do something about it. And I want to thank you for your time today because I know that we all have a million things that we could be doing with our time right now. But for you to share your wisdom as a daddy, to show that you can be responsible and that my children love their father, okay, more than me. I'm okay to say that. My children, for, for me to share, for you to share that part of your life with us is, is really wonderful. And then what struck a chord that morning was the fact that you told me, um, you see, you, you didn't even tell me, you told Martin, but you were talking to me that you do all this amazing work that I didn't realize at the time. And I, I want to get to this. Missing Children South Africa, the organization. What led you to work with them? And what can we do? I'm going to backspace just a short bit and say, number one, there is no way your children love your father, love the father more than the mother. It's just not possible. They love differently. That's number one. And I've seen it because I'm the hero. You know, when I come home and I take them surfing and I take them subboarding on the ocean and I take them running and whatever. Um, and, 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 and mom's laying down the rules and, and, uh, and we homeschool as well. So Christy's the teacher and, and, and so she's, she's the bad guy. I, it's easy to be the good guys that, are, okay, I, I listen, I'm the one who, who, who gave the hidings when they were younger. They don't need them anymore because, uh, it's uh, if you do it properly in the beginning, it's just, you don't need it anymore. Um, so <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are like, what you give them hidings. That's against the law. No, it's not, not, not when, when I was giving hidings, um, the, <laughs> uh, when giving a hiding, isn't beating them. It's, it's no. patting them on that, on that nappy. So it makes a noise and it scares them. So they know it's negative, you know? Um, but, you know, it was easy for me as the dad to be the hero because I, you know, do the fun stuff with them, you know? But listen, mama must be away for an hour and they can't wait for her to come back. You know, and they're like, but where's mama? When's she coming back? What the? Trust me. It just seems that way. But uh, what's beautiful is, is it's, it's just a different love. And then um, I have to correct you on something. I, I don't do all this work. And, it, and it's very easy to sound like I'm hands-on involved with missing children and doing all this amazing stuff. It sounds like, I, you know, people must wonder, like, how does he do that and be an actor? I don't. I, there's an incredible team that runs Missing Children South Africa. Uh, there was a time where I had to be very hands-on, and I had I was um, there were there were times when 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 it was just me and and, and one other person running the organization. Um, sometimes I, there was a time when I was alone, and and the last board member left because board members come and go um, because mm -hmm. it's a voluntary job, and not everyone has the time for a long time to do. Um, I'm very happy to say that I, we're at a point now where. Um, Thomas Dixon, Thomas Houghton Dixon, uh, who you know as well, he runs like 
like uh, like the captain of a ship. He runs Missing Children South Africa. He's the managing director. And then we've got Bianca von Aswegen, who's our national coordinator. And between the two of them, they're operational, and they really make certain that um, everything that needs to happen on a day-to-day basis ha- happens. I'm the I'm the chairman of the organisation, so my role is to is to look in and, and advise and 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 come up with ideas. and And uh, Tom and I work together very closely about the future of missing children. Um, and then I go out and and uh, do things like this and 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 do uh, radio appearances and and bring attention to it. I. I I've also informally studied human trafficking and what causes it and what it's about so that we know where we're going, what sort of communication we need to be putting out there. I've made it a part of my life, um, but I am not missing children in South Africa. In fact, if, if, I, if something happened to me tomorrow, it would carry on just as it is today. So I'm, I'm just very blessed to be able to serve on this organization with a, a really crack team of, um, of also people who've, who've given their hearts. Uh, we only have one salary at Missing Children, so it's a voluntary organization in terms of serving as a board member. Um, certainly no board member gets paid, and um, and only our operational uh, national coordinator gets a salary because it's a full-time, sometimes 24-hour-a-day job, you know, manning that, mm. that, that phone and, and managing volunteers. So, again, I'm talking too much and very long, but the point is um, the, the reason I got involved was, uh, even before I had children, was because – uh, of two girls who'd gone missing years ago, 16 years ago, is it now? Um, and it really touched my heart and it broke my heart, what these parents must be going through. And I wasn't even a parent then, but I'd, I'd had a little, I have a little sister. She's eight years younger. So I understood the concept of feeling like the grown up or the caretaker or the minder and not, and not being able to understand what it must be like to have lost a child. And so that moved me and I got involved and um, I went from just being an ambassador to, to you know, to, to just taking over when, when, when I needed to and, and running it for a while. And now um, it's been elevated to a whole new level um, by the team that's currently running it. And I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of it. It's, it's, I, before I did uh, our interview today, asked in my immediate office. So there's about seven people. And I asked, uh, guys, I have a personal question to ask. And I said to them, um, who of you have um, had someone go missing and were they found? And in seven people in the office that I was sitting at earlier, three people have gone missing and they were never found. And I said to them, I really want to see Nico today, but I am so afraid to talk about this because um, I can't imagine the word missing next to children and I can't imagine the word trafficking next to humans. What do we do when our children go missing? Well... It's the unthinkable. It's the worst thing. And if you don't have children, maybe hard to conceptualize. But I put it this way to my kids. I tell them, you know, I love you. Right? Every day I tell them I love them. I know most parents do. Um, I say to them, you know, I love you. Right. You know, I love you. Yes, Dad, I know you love me. I love you too, Dad. So, but you know, like, I, I love you like no one else on this earth loves you. That the only person who will ever love you as much as I do, is is your husband, if you pick right. I'm the one 
who loves you right now and your mom, no one's going to love you like we do. Yeah, yeah, I know. I said, do you understand that I would, if I had to right now, give my life for you to have your life, I would do that. I said, I said to them, do you understand what that, do you, no, dad, you, you don't, I said, no, no, I'm not saying, I'm saying if ever I had to, we're just imagining here, that's how much I love you. I'd, I'd give my life for you. Um, any mother or father who've lost a child to kidnapping, death, would tell you they would give their life right now. They would give their life to get that child back. It is unthinkable. It is un I'd rather not be in this world than be in this world without them. And that is a parent's heart, every parent. I, I, I think I speak for most parents when I, when I say that. So if you can imagine that, if you don't have children, you don't need to if you do. When a child goes missing, your world completely just crumbles. And you know, not to make it too lengthy, I promise I'll be quick, but recently Tom and I were on holiday in Greece and the second last day of our holiday on Naxos, we're living in this um, in this little area with this, these little, you know, those beautiful Greek white house, square houses mm -hmm. on a hillside. And we start hearing this screaming, you know, it sounds a bit weird. So we look out and we see far away on another little white house, there's some people having some cocktails and we, we put it down to that. This carries on for about half an hour and it, it just escalates. And after a time we realize something's not right here. So, so my Tom and I go up and we start looking around and we see someone far up the dirt track. It's these farm roads. Um, walking up and down on the, on the phone. He looks very agitated. And we realized something's not right here. And I went up to the father and said, what's wrong? What's wrong? Are you okay? Is everything okay? He says, my daughter's missing. Now, in that split second, I realized, oh my gosh, this has been carrying on for half an hour. Mm -hmm. The way he said it to me, the, the look he gave me was absolute mortified terror. His eyes were so wide. I was looking into a man who who was in hell, essentially. I said to him, how old is she? He says, four. She's four years old. And then, so Tom and I immediately start searching the perimeter. He goes that way, I go this way, and we start in small concentric circles. Tom has the presence of mind to go into the house and look in cupboards, in boxes, in, you know, in in the in the freezer, in the in the washer as uh, she's four she's small i go around and i slowly start making concentric circles around widening some other people come and join the search i look up and i see the sun is setting it's getting darker and darker i'm thinking oh my lord if we don't find her now hmm. every shade of darkness it, it becomes more it's, it's going to exacerbate the issue and and, and the, and the trouble of finding her we searched. Now, as we searching, Tom and I, both Christian believers, were praying. We're praying, dear God, please, please, Lord, please, we beg you, Father, help us to find this child. Please cover her, protect her, let her be okay. And you're praying and you're walking and you're crying. You don't even know you're crying, but the tears are rolling down your face. And all I hear, all the time, Elana, all I can hear is the mother screaming, Martina, Martina, I think it was a Spanish couple. Martina, loud, but screaming from deep down here. And I just... As I'm walking, I'm praying, and I'm hearing these screams, and about 15 minutes pass. They feel, it feels like an hour, and I'm not finding anything. Tom's walking barefoot. I had shoes on. His feet are bleeding because he's walking around in the uh, it's rocks. and it's. But we're just searching because we, we, we're expecting the worst, you know. And, um, and the next thing I hear, the woman's screams change, still very 
intense, but there's a difference to it. And I think, oh, my God, I, I run back to the house. And as I come up the driveway, I see a policeman, a Greek policeman coming down the driveway with this girl in his arms. And I was blessed to look up and see as he handed the girl to the mother and the mom grabbed that child and she just fell to her knees and crumbled. And she just cried like like tears and a visceral cry. And this little girl was just saying, Mama Mia, Mama Mia, my mommy, my mommy. And I cannot tell you what a beautiful picture that was. But those 15 minutes were so harrowing. And then if you think that they were, ours was 15, theirs was 45 minutes about. What hell they went through for 45 minutes. And I mm. it brought home to Tom and I just what it is that we're involved in with missing children and how important it is to, to just keep doing what we're doing. And to answer your question, what do you do right now? The first thing I ask people is that very question. What will you do? God forbid if a child goes missing right now, if your child goes missing, you ask yourself right now. If I said to you, Lana, right now, God forbid, what was your what's your first step? You're going to phone an emergency line. You're going to phone one o triple one or whatever you think would be an emergency line. Your nearest saps. The the question is, you need to have a protocol in your mind and ask yourself, what am I going to do if this happens? So what Missing Children does is you can phone us and we'll guide you through what you need to do. Um, whoever answers the phone knows how to speak to people who are in extreme distress and under duress and will guide you and tell you what to do. So if you're in a shopping mall, a shopping center, the first thing you do is you go to the nearest security and you make them understand this has happened. They have and should have a protocol for a child missing in their shopping mall, center, whatever it is, public space. If they don't, if they're listening right now, you need to get one. You need to get a protocol to follow, an emergency protocol for a child that goes missing. Because parents say, oh, but I don't have to wait 24 hours. No, you don't wait five seconds. 24 hours is Hollywood movies. In reality, in, in life, you don't wait five seconds. You can report that missing, the child missing immediately. And you can scream at the top of your lungs, my daughter's missing, help me. People do not understand how powerful the words help me are, help me, help me. So if you're a parent, you stand in that morning, say, help me, please help me. Someone will come to you. People, you know, they say in times of trouble, look for the helpers. Helpers will come. You explain to them, what does she look like? Or he, what are they wearing? And how long it's been that they've been missing? What is their name? Obviously their age. And you let them go out. You've got the security looking for them as well. You immediately phone the South African Police Service. If you can't get a hold of them, you phone Missing Children South Africa. Put that number in your phone right now. Go to missingchildren.org.za and all the information is there. Save it in your phone right now under your emergency contacts and your local police station. Save it right now, the emergency number of your local police station. If you're in a neighborhood, make sure you've got the emergency number of your local neighborhood patrol, your security people. Mm. Build for yourself your own protocol. I could give you my protocol. It's not going to work for you. You need to have your own emergency response. You know, when a pilot climbs into a plane, they do all the checks before they start. They check everything. And they do that 
like it's a religion. It's 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 ingrained into them. And the reason, and this is something I heard from a pilot, is because when things and and, and they, they practice the emergency procedures, when things go wrong, when you're up in the air, you've got split seconds to make the right decisions, and your mind remembers the latest thing that you did. So you need a protocol, and you need to rehearse that protocol for yourself all the time. And and that's that's my advice to parents. What do we do to keep our children safe? Build a protocol for yourself. Who are you going to call? If you don't know, find out. Find out where your nearest emergency services are, nearest police station, and Missing Children South Africa. Put that number in there. And then if you go on holiday, sorry, I'm going to let you talk a bit because I've spoken a lot. No, I want to know. What do we do if we go on holiday? Because here's the other thing. If 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 we go on holiday and and also and I'm sorry to say this, but today we're talking about when we're looking for our children, you know. If you if you take your child to a play date and it's a drop and go, I mean, I don't do many of those because I want to know where my kids are. So so we don't we don't do sleepovers. Um, you know, uh it's just not something we do. Yeah, it's it's just not something we do. So, so if if we are on a holiday, I mean, we've done we did a podcast on safety first. Where if your baby goes and plays, and when I say baby, I mean our children. You know, when they go and play at another house, you should actually walk through the house and say, "Oh, okay, your kettle cord is hanging, and there's a few plugs that are open, and I see, oh, you forgot a knife on the table." And I do that. I go and walk through people's homes in a very respectable way. And I go, oh, you know what? My kids are so sensitive to uh, scissors, you know. You know how they love running around with them and I'll pack them away, you know. So so if we are going on a holiday. Yeah, my, my kids bleed oh, when they cut themselves, you know. I'm, it's just <laughs> or, my kids. You know? Thanks for the laugh. <laughs> or, um, or when we take our children to, to, to a play date, what kind of protocol do we follow then? So, I'm I'm in agreement with you. Um, we are those parents, uh, obviously, because I know I know things that that people don't know because of missing children. Um, you know, I think I cry once a week just looking at the cases that we get on social media. Even you see those little faces. And I, and then I also know what what happens in in many of the cases, and so I, I know I know what happens, and so so for me it's not being paranoid, it's it's because uh, paranoia means an irrational fear of what might happen. I, I know it's not irrational for us to be those parents. Um, sexual molestation is it happens in safe environments. It happens at that friend's house or a family member. We all know this. So there are very few people that we trust implicitly with our children, um, not just f f for, you know, the worst case scenarios where there is, you know, the potential for things like that to take place, but also just some people aren't geared towards looking after a young child. They haven't done it in a long time, so mm -hmm. if it's grandparents, and they've forgotten that, you know, there's certain things you should be really careful of. Um, and others, yeah, it's just it's a state of mind that, that you are in as a parent, you know. So my advice to parents is be that parent uh, uh, unabashedly, proudly be that parent who, who, who walks through the house and goes, oh, I see this and that. And, you know, um, consider the alternative. It's, it's rather just make a fool of yourself. 
than the alternative. Okay, now, now obviously, when I say this, I'm saying be reasonable. Don't be insane. Uh, you know, you've got to rationalize as well. Um, and that's something that Christy and I have had to constantly do is, okay, let's just rationalize. Let's, let's weigh up the potential for danger and then make our decisions accordingly. Let's, let's establish what we feel is our minimal requirement of safety and then say, okay, and then the rest we're going to leave up to what we've taught them, you know, and also certainly always up to God and say, all right, we've done our part. We cannot hold on to them too tightly. You can't imprison them. Because one day they're going to want to break out of that prison. They're going to be the ones to break out of the prison. Never mind someone snatching them out of it. So you don't want that scenario either. So we have to constantly recalibrate how wide that circle is, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think as parents, it's important for us to be cognizant of not becoming fearful because you translate that to your children. They pick up on that and you don't want to raise fearful kids. We equip them to deal with scenarios. But I teach my kids have fun with wisdom. And what I, what I mean by that is I say to them, I want you to live and have fun and enjoy yourself. But first, you need to build a parameter of safety, whatever your scenario is, where you go to your friend's house. Think for yourself. I don't want to go there because that looks a bit dodgy, but I'm going to be comfortable if I play in these areas. So I'm going to, if things move there, I'm going to kind of pull people. Now, I, mm. I don't, they don't always necessarily do that. But that's what I try and instill in them. And I think as parents as well, we need to set up those parameters and then let them go wild in the, in the parameters. So have fun with the parameter of mm -hmm. wisdom. And guess what? That works for adults as well. Set your boundaries and have a crazy time within those boundaries. Enjoy life. Have a couple of drinks if, if you're not, if it's not an issue for you. And, and, and or, you know, have a party or, 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 or have fun or whatever it is that you do, mm -hmm. um, but within the boundaries that you've set for yourself. And that's the same thing with kids. And I think it's important that, that we, we don't live with a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind, you know. And the sound mind is a rational mind. Sound means it's good, it's solid, it's balanced, it's rational. Have to have a sound mind. So I've got to be careful of, of becoming the crazy person. But the alternative is also inconceivable. So take the measures that you feel are necessary. It's interesting that you say don't live with a, a spirit of fear, you know, or a mind of fear. Call it what you want. But, um, uh, you know, they, they they gave us a new name for mom guilt and you know it all comes down to being being filled with fear you know because half of this stuff hasn't happened yet you know or so so thank you for giving us perspective thank you for giving us perspective and also um what what in your experience because look you've raised babies and even though I have teenagers, I met them when they were five and, and seven and I've raised babies and now they're six and eight and you've raised babies up until, um, tweendom. <laughs> and as a, as a dad, what is the one thing that you can support or salute other dads with? Like I, I honestly, I've never said this on camera. My, my husband is a much better dad than what he is a husband. You know, I love him as a husband, but he's a fantastic dad. He's a, he's a great father, you know, and it's one of the things that made me fall in love with him. Um, but if you can lend support to men who don't have the wisdom or understanding yet to, to, and, and they need one thing from you today because you Nico with a pure heart, what would you want to support them with? 
If I understand the question correctly, I think what I've discovered is the most important thing, and 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 I'm uh, I'm not. This is no. This is not a new thought. This is something I've I've learned from others. Uh, is a time. You know, spend time with them. You cannot squeeze a relationship into half an hour. You know, once a week. Uh, you know, f- forcing this. The you know the relationship. A relationship is built. Uh, from a series of spontaneous moments over a long period of time uh, on the foundation of trust, which is forged over that period of time. And an engagement consistency is needed to build a level of trust where your kids even trust you to make jokes and know that you laugh at them or feel comfortable enough in your presence to do silly things and and not embarrass themselves in front of them. You know, so you want to be present often so that you can experience the unscripted moments. And no one, you know, get a phone call or a WhatsApp message to say, Hey, by the way, here's a moment coming up. Be you ready for it? Tap it for all it's worth. Um, those moments just happen. And if you're not there for them, you'll miss them. And uh, the only way to um, prevent that from happening is to spend as much time as you can with your kids. Even if, you know, it's a broken home, you don't have custody. I'm assuming you're still around, Ilana, because I can't see you anymore. I'm here. Oh. I can see. So there's obviously situations in in our country <laughs> where where and well globally where, where you know you, the parents father can't be present maybe the mother has custody or uh, vice versa and uh, and I think it's very important to when you do have time to give them all your time uh, you know this you know this thing this thing um, it's such a blessing but it's also such a curse and it's a it's, yeah. it's such a thief. It's a time thief. It's a moment thief. I, I struggle because I, all my work I do through this thing. It's so amazing, but also it's so terrible. And like any, uh, like anything in this world, if you if you don't uh, temper yourself and use it wisely, it it uses you. And so it steals time. Your your smartphone, your your technology. Um, your sport, if you if you love sport or whatever it is, um, and the sacrifice with children is that you have to sacrifice things that you might think you'd rather do than spend time with them, um, and the and the payoff of that is nothing on this this phone or whatever it is that you're addicted to can give you what your children can over a long time, and um, one day when they're older, and you have a relationship with them that that's taken decades to forge you'll thank that younger self um that's it i think that's the most important advice is time spend time with him thanks nico this podcast was supported by epimax baby and junior epimax baby and junior is dermatologist approved free of artificial colorants and fragrances and is safe to use from birth Touch, nourish, love your child's skin with Epimax Baby and Junior. Available from leading pharmacies and retail stores.